Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In our last episode, we talked about Scripture and we talked about the revelation of God to men and how he did that through the Scriptures and such and how he did through um, history. And so today we're going to continue to take a look at the Bible. We're going to take a look at the um, how it was created this this week and uh, we're going to talk about uh, a doctrinal word called inspiration and the inspiration is what we use to describe how the bible came to being um, in fact our definition is that god providentially prepared individual human authors so that using their own personalities, they composed and recorded the original autographs of the scriptures without error as they were directed by the Holy Spirit. Thus, there are different writing styles, yet the entire Bible is the Word of God. And so we're saying that God spoke through people. He used their personalities, He uses their writing styles, uh, and as we look at the writings of Paul, they look like the writings of Paul. They all have some similarities because Paul was the same writer for all of those books. But yet, at the same time, they are inspired by God in that they are the words of God. And in their originals, you notice it says in the autographs, in the original autographs, these are the ones that were penned by Paul, by Moses, by Daniel, uh, any of the writers in the Bible that, that wrote down these books, they were inspired in the originals. Now, that does not mean that there has been so much error that you can't trust it today. We're going to get into that into a, in a further broadcast. But today we're going to talk about inspiration. How did inspired happen? Um, and what does it mean? How much of this book is inspired? Is it, um, is it just the, the books that are inspired as a whole? Is it um, the chapters that are inspired? Is it the verses that are inspired? Is it the phrases, the sentences? Um, what is inspiration and how deep does it go? Does it go down to the words? Does it go down to the letters? Does it go down to um, the thoughts, intents? Uh, where does it go? And we're going to take a look at scripture and what it says about its own inspiration and some key people in scripture that talked about inspiration. So let's begin. First thing we find is the Bible is verbally inspired. Now in in theological circles, when we talk about verbal inspiration, we're not talking about like right now when I'm speaking to you. It's not that kind of verbal. It's um, It means that they are inspired. Uh, each word is inspired. So each word, each verb, if you will, or each noun, if you will, is inspired. And how do we find that that is, that is uh, true? We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, says this. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. 
Now he's talking about in words that are taught by the Spirit. Um, let's continue because that and alone is kind of a weak uh, argument verse, but uh, if it were alone, that would be a problem, but it's not. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, says, uh, And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. This is a promise that God is making to Abraham. And he says, In your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now let's take a look um, in Galatians chapter 3. You may be wondering what in the world that has to do with inspiration. And we're going to find out here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul speaking here to the church in Galatia says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. So he's quoting Genesis 22, uh, 18, here in Galatians 3, 16. He says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So Paul is saying it's so important that it's down to the very word. It's so important that it's down to whether it's singular or plural. It's so important that it, the parts of speech even matter. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and down in verse 18. Matthew chapter 5, down in verse 18. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And so he's going, uh, we're going to get this a little further in a moment, but uh, Jesus here speaking is saying, um, down to the very letters and, and uh, brush strokes in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, and the Greek alphabets. And so uh, he's saying it's all inspired down to the very word, um, which we would call verbal inspiration. So if you hear somebody talking about verbal inspiration, referencing the Bible, that's what they're talking about, down to the very word. Now, it's not only verbally inspired, but quite often when you hear people say it's verbally inspired, you'll also hear them say it is plenarily inspired. And you say, I've never heard that word before. What in the world does that mean? It just means as a whole, as the whole canon of Scripture, as the whole Bible, it is inspired. So it's inspired in its parts and it's inspired as a whole, kind of like the forest and the trees. Second Timothy... Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, starts right out saying, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. He doesn't say some scripture. He doesn't say part of it. You know, some people will say, well, you know, that was that's the Old Testament, so it's not as important as the New Testament. But according to Paul here, in as he's speaking to Timothy and training Timothy to be a pastor of the church of Ephesus, he says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for these things. And so he's saying, if it's in the Bible, it's inspired and it's profitable by God, for God, uh, by God for these things. We see that um, some key individuals in the scriptures taught that the Bible is inspired. Uh, Jesus Christ is one of those, and he taught that the Bible was inspired. In fact, he taught that it's inspired many different ways. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 5. This time I'm going to start in verse 17 uh, and through 18. Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Um, here he's saying that the Bible is inspired as a whole. He's also saying that the Bible is inspired down to the very letters, as we took, took a look in verse 18. And um, you notice I pronounced it in iota instead of iota. And it looks in the English like iota, but it's actually an iota, and that is the Greek letter that looks like an I in the English alphabet, except it doesn't have a dot. It is the smallest letter in the Greek language. And the dot or the jot and the tittle, depending on what you've got for a translation, the dot he's referring to here is the smallest keystroke. To make a different letter. It's the smallest pen stroke, the smallest brush stroke to make a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So whether it's Hebrew, whether it's Greek, the smallest stroke uh, making that letter uh, significant is, is important according to Jesus. And uh, uh, I think that he's, he's a pretty good um, source. It, it, obviously the best. So Luke chapter 24, here again from Jesus, Luke chapter 24 and verse 44, he says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He's referencing the law of Moses. Uh, Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, and referencing that they are Scripture. They are inspired by God to the point that they need to be fulfilled. If they weren't inspired by God, they would not need to be fulfilled. John chapter 10, and down in verse 35. John chapter 10, verse 35 if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, 
you are blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. Here he's talking to the Jews who were going to stone him at the time. And he says, scripture can't be broken. The whole thing is important. The whole thing is inspired by God. He also taught that the Bible is inspired in all of its parts. If we go back to Matthew, this time in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, uh, this is during the temptation of Jesus. He, he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, down in verse 7, he quotes, uh, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then again, down in verse 10, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So it is inspired even down to these verses. And he quotes these verses to Satan to show that Satan's temptations are out of whack and in out of line with God's will and with what Jesus needs to do, contrary to what Satan is trying to tell him. Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. He's quoting scripture to talk to the Pharisees about himself, where he is the stone that they rejected, and he will become the cornerstone. And he's saying, down to this very part, Matthew chapter 12. Going back to Matthew chapter 12. Down in verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel. And he continues this quotation down through verse 21 to show that he was prophesied of in the Old Testament. And he's referencing these scriptures from the Old Testament, this time in Isaiah. And he says these verses are inspired as well. The whole thing, the parts are inspired, down to the very words. We talk and look at a little bit of that. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, down in verse 31, he says, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Uh, here he's quoting, um, I'll back up to verse 31 to give you some context. As for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what, it what was said to you by God? So the Pharisees uh, had believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees do not. And he's, con he's confronting a Sadducee here. And he says, as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by whom? By God. So he's attributing these things said by God uh, in the Old Testament, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. 
And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So now down to these very words that he is the God of Abraham, not was the God of Abraham, but is the God of Abraham. I am, not I was. And uh, that's very significant. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, down in verse 26. He says this, And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham? This is the same thing, same quotations, and Jesus uh, is affirming that this word, I am, is very important. Um, and we could talk more about the importance of I am, um, speaking about Jesus, but uh, we don't have time today. Christ taught that the New Testament is inspired. John chapter 14. We're going to go a little bit longer on this one today. Uh, I'll start moving forth, moving through a little quicker for you. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your rem remembrance, excuse me, all that I have said to you. So the things in the New Testament that he said are very important. John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that, have, that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit, uh, whom we know is the third part of the Trinity of God, is using the, the Bible. He's using the scriptures as taught by the New Testament and as taught by Jesus in the Gospels to apply that to the hearts of the believers we find that the apostles taught that the Bible is inspired as well. The apostles taught that the Old and New Testaments are both inspired. We can find that in 1 Timothy 5.18. I'm going to give you some scripture references to look up on your own. And 2 Peter 3.16. 1 Timothy 5.18, 2 Peter 3.16 affirm that the New Testament and the Old Testament are equally inspired according to the apostles. The apostles also taught that the Bible is inspired even down to the words. We took a look at Galatians 3.16 where he talked about um, the, that his offspring versus offsprings. And then you can see that also in 2 Timothy 3.16, the very um, passage that we started out with, says that this, these, these words are important and usable for very di various different things. Also taught that the scriptures are God-breathed in that same passage. And then we find that again down in 2 Peter 1, verses 19 through 21. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. So thank you for staying with me for this uh, podcast about the the uh, inspiration of Scripture and that we know that the, the Scriptures are inspired by God in the whole, in the parts, even down to the very words. Have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.